Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. I'm Cheryl Esposito. Today, I have a very special guest. You are going to love her. Cynthia James. She has been with us before, so she's familiar to all of you. Her newest book, Does My Voice Matter? A Journey of Self-Discovery, Authenticity, and Empowerment, takes us on an amazing journey through her life, which is, of course, what she uses to help all of us to move through our life and our days. She coaches people around the world. She's also author of three other books, which we will talk about. She has won awards. She is a singer. She doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to ask her to sing a few bars. And we are just so fortunate to have you with us this morning. Cynthia James, welcome to Leading Conversations. Oh, Cheryl, I'm so happy to be with you. It's great to see you. It's so great to see you. I'm so happy as well. Where are you today? I'm in Denver. Well, actually, the mountains outside of Denver. That's where I live. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Oh, is it winter or is it spring? It's it's trying to make up its mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going on around the country a lot. The U.S. anyway. Um, so a lot going on in the world these days. And the question, does my voice matter, really caught my attention, um, because I think there are a lot of people in today's world that are pretty clear in themselves, they believe their voice doesn't matter. And it seems to be amped up. It seems to be um, that everybody is yelling louder in order to get their voice heard. And yet the louder everybody yells, the less they feel like their voice is heard. Have you noticed anything about that? Well, I've noticed it, but I've noticed that there are two ends of the extreme. There's the people yelling louder and don't feel heard and think they need to amp it up. And then there's the people that have completely shut down. They just, Mm -hmm. they don't think there's a point. They don't think they matter. And so they just have given up. And I, the thing is, is that either extreme doesn't support the reality that we're all essential, that we've all come here to express fully, to bring our gifts, to shine our light, you know, but if you're not told it and you live in a culture that doesn't, that keeps telling you that you don't matter in various and sundry forms, then it's really difficult for you to tap into it. I mean, that's been my whole life. It's like, well, the culture is doing this, but there's something in me that's a calling. There's something in me that's saying, stand up, stand out. And so, you know, the inner conflict was quite a, an amazing journey. Stand up, stand out. Hmm. Well, for introverts, like nobody I know, um, that's really, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah? Would you have yeah, but- called yourself an introvert? as a child? Well, I was because being too visible was painful. You know, I lived in a violent upbringing and uh, 
alcoholic father, a, a pedophile, wife-beating stepfather, and a mother who was who had been abused <clears throat> from the time she was a kid. So, so being, you know, it was like being quiet. But when I got to school, I was like, oh, if I'm funny, and if I <clears throat> sign up for a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of clubs and stuff then and become more visible, then I'm I'm a safer at school. I may not be safe at home, but I'm safer at school. And so that was that was um quite a journey. But I want to go back to the introvert thing. See, because I think standing up and standing out isn't being loud. It's being fully expressed. Mm-hmm. It's being okay, I'm an introvert. I'm not going to stand up and get on a big stage and talk. Right. But but I am going to bring my best self to anything I do. I am going to to um, bring my integrity into everything that I experience. And for me, that's being visible. For me, that's that's bringing your voice forward. You know, in your book, you start out with a whole section around what if. And you have these beautiful questions. And when when I read them, I thought, at first I thought, well, yeah, what if, well, what if, what if, so yeah, so what? (laughs) And then I went back and read them again. And I thought, you know, this really is about challenging us to not accept old messages, not be, um, not believe, not have to believe that other people's opinion of us is the truth, right? Right. So I want to read these and then I want to talk about them. So the questions are, what if, what if those challenges were opportunities? What if the dream or desire can still be fulfilled? What if my presence on this planet matters? What if nothing is wrong? What if there's nothing to fix? What if everything that has occurred in my life brought me to this moment? What if I'm an integral part of making this world a better place and bringing love into form? Those are beautiful questions. So, you know, the first one, what if those challenges were opportunities? Okay, you know, I think many of us have learned that and to the point where we all kind of say, yeah, okay, I know I'm supposed to learn from this. I know it's supposed to be an opportunity. I know I'm supposed to look for that. And the second one, what if the dream or desire can still be fulfilled? Talk about that. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think we came in coded with um, our purpose. It's not something we find. It it lives within us. And it comes to conscious awareness through our dreams through our desires, through our visions, 
And then life happens, you know, and people are, have opinions and you need to do this and you need to do that in order to succeed. And so they can get kind of pushed aside or they can start to emerge. But then the insecurities and stuff that go along with what you learned or were taught, you know, you're, you're trying to like navigate those waters. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't think you're going to leave the planet until you have stepped into that on some level. Now, that might be the last moment you're on the planet where people are on their deathbeds and go, wow, I'm powerful, I'm mighty, I'm dynamic, right? Or it could be like me, you know, I, you know, seven decades for me to figure it out and to allow the dreams, visions to unfold. And just because I, as a kid, I saw myself on stages. I saw myself traveling the world. I saw myself being an actress. I saw myself being a singer. And everybody said, you better get your feet on the ground. <laughs> That's what you better do. Because no, you are a black woman in the hood. <laughs> you are going nowhere. Wow. Wow. Must have been um, intimidating of a message. Well, intimidating and scary because on the one hand, anytime I would bring my expressive self forward, you know, there could be repercussions. Mm -hmm. And then other, you know, I would see people like, you know, Nancy Wilson, you know, singer, I was like, oh, I want to be her, you know, or, or, or I would see uh, Betty Davis and I go, oh, I want to be her. And it was like, nothing in me said, oh, she's not black. It was like, oh, she's oh, doing what oh, I yeah. want to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then on the other side, people are going, girl, look where you live. I mean, I grew up six blocks from where George Floyd died, redlining and all that stuff was happening when I was a kid. And so my family was going, girl, no, you better get your feet on the ground because because look at your life. And there, there's not a system here that's going to support you in these fantastical dreams that you've got. Wow. And that was all in the spirit of trying to protect you from pain. Right. And, and keep me safe. Yes. And keep you safe, which is still a big deal. It oh, it's totally. still an issue in this world. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what I feel about that? I would rather be brave and step out and maybe get hurt than sit in the wish I could have. Mm. When did you start? When did you get to that point where you felt that? You know, it's been a roller coaster. I mean, when you read the book, you know, I was, I would do this and then I'd go down here, then I do this and I'd go down here, you know, because that thing within me, which, which I call divine, that thing within me that kept saying, you're more than this, you're yeah. powerful, you can do this. I would start to go here and then I'd hit a wall and then I'd go, oh, the family was right. And I'd go back into this other place. But I think it, it really came when I went through a very public divorce and uh, I literally couldn't get out of bed. I was so broken and I'm laying in bed and I'm having this conversation with God. And I'm like, listen, I don't even understand this. You know, I'm obedient. I'm this and that and the other. And this song, everything must change came in. Right. 
And, you know, it's like everything must change. Nothing stays the same. Everyone will change. Nothing and no one goes unchanged. And I'm, and my mind goes, why am I singing that song? And literally a little inner voice said, you have always reinvented yourself. Get up, reinvent yourself. And that was a moment of awakening. And I think those moments of awakening are the times where you get to step through the portal of possibility. Where does the strength come from? I was so struck by the number of times that you were able to pull yourself together and move forward. And it didn't matter um, what type of situation it was when you either got knocked down or things didn't work out. Um, you know, it didn't take too long for you to get it together and try something again. And some situation would show up that was an opportunity and you would be a yes to that. And I know many people in the world who don't have that kind of fortitude. Mm -hmm. I have many people in the world who um, are, they just don't have it in them. Well, maybe they, believe they don't have it in them, but no one has given them any guidance or helped them to believe that it's, it could be different. Was there anybody in your life who helped you believe it could be different? You know, my grandmother, my grandmother was, I call her 411 firecracker. She was like, <laughs> she, she raised four kids on her own in the South and moved, then moved to Minnesota. I mean, she, she, she was this possibility thinker, even though the constrictions of being um, brought up in the, the religious tenet that she was brought in was still there, but she would always tell me, oh, no, no, you're going to be on a mountaintop. You know, you're here to do great things. She took me to a tea leaf reader and, and, and said, now listen to what she has to say. She took me to my first play to see Black people on a stage. She said, that's why you think you can do that. It's possible. You know, she took me to healer. She, she was always, um, she didn't know how to navigate the oppression that was happening, but she wanted me to know that I was here for a reason. Even when she passed on, I got to tell you, when she passed on, it was my 50th birthday and I was, I don't know what I was Aww. doing. I was trying to figure it out. And I had this dream. And in the dream, I walked into this person's house into a basement, but the person didn't have a basement. I walked into the basement and there was a chair and in the chair was my grandmother. And she had this beautiful hat that covered her face, but I knew it was her. And there were spiders all over. And I'm like freaking out at the spiders. And she says, judge not by appearances. Oh, just because it looks like I'm dead. <laughs> or the spiders are scary. Don't uh, even yeah, go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, right. yeah. and that's that. I think that's been the thing that's come back over and over in my mind. It's like, judge not by the appearances. Because what if there is a field of possibility and potentiality? And what if I live in it? Then I don't have to look at the circumstances. I can go, well, what about this? Or what about that? Mm. What is it about grandmas? They just, they influence our lives so much in a different way than parents. Uh -huh. uh, I can definitely relate. 
So that's a whole other topic for an entirely different show, but it does fascinate me because it's proven to be true over and over and over again. Um, so, so let's talk a bit. Let's just go back to um, way in the beginning when you decided your life was just going to be different. You wanted change. You wanted to remove yourself from your situation that you grew up in. You knew that, um, you know, there were challenges you needed to support yourself. Um, what was it that you were looking for? You know, I guess today I would say satisfaction and fulfillment. I don't know that I knew that at the, that point. I just wanted to express. I just, I wanted to bring this thing, this energy that lived within me out. Yeah. And I didn't know how. So, you know, I, you know, I fell off a few mountains, kissed a few frogs thinking they were princes, whatever. But it was all in search of what I call me. Who are you? Wow. I am. I'm an extraordinary being of light. I'm gifted and talented. I'm, um, I'm a spiritual being having an extraordinary human experience. And I, I'm an adventurer and a seeker. I would say that's true. How long have you believed that? For a long time, many, many years. Yeah. But I, I, there was a part of me that I had to really overcome that didn't believe that even what I was speaking was true. Even what I was saying I believed was true. You know, I, I, I would try to get validation from outside myself. I try to prove myself. I, you know, I would do all of these things because I didn't understand the innate power that lived within me. Right. I thought someone would give it to me or I would find it outside. Yeah. 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 Someone would give it to you. Mm -hmm. So you would have permission. Right? Right. You would be anointed with this title or big opportunity or role or whatever, but it would be formal. Right. Right. But the thing about it is, it's like, it never comes because it's never enough. You, you have a win, you know, I mean, I talk about in the, in the book that I won star search and they handed me a hundred thousand dollars on TV. And the next day I was crying because I was like, Oh, what's next? What, you know, I, I couldn't even enjoy the gift that had been given to me in that moment because it was like, it's not enough. It's like, what's the next thing? Where do I get validated? Where do I get seen? Yeah. Where do I get hurt? And, and so, man, that's a rabbit hole that just keeps you going down, down, down. Well, rabbit holes are <clears throat> not fun, but we all end up in them a lot. <laughs> How do we make rabbits our friend? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
maybe we need to get into a rabbit hole and then just start talking to the rabbit rabbit say, okay what's you know rabbit guidance rabbit guidance <laughs> what do you got to tell me exactly <laughs> they probably would just tell us to keep breeding <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, there's that. Um, so, Cynthia, you know, what I saw in your book is that um, with each, I'll call it iteration of reinventing yourself, a new part of you stepped up, mm-hmm. a new part of you um, appeared in a different way. And I was fascinated with your capacity to be a yes to those things, to those roles or whatever the opportunity was bringing you. And you admittedly said, um, I didn't know how I was gonna do it. I was just gonna figure it out on some of these. And which I, I really do admire in you. You know, I think it's a, I used to call it, I, I grew up watching Lucille Ball. And I used, I used to call it, it's what Lucy does. <laughs> she says yes, and then she figures it out. <laughs> I, know. I mean, as a kid, I remember very clearly knowing that and took that on. That's what I saw as I was reading this book, you know, reading Does My Voice Matter? Does Your Voice Matter? Um you know, I saw you doing this again and again and again. Do you think that those moments um, you believed, well, I can do it because I know how to figure things out because I'm smart? Or did you, in those moments, feel that, well, I'm skilled and this is something I, you know, in my nature can do well? You know, where did that come from? Where did that confidence come from? You know, I, I, I got to tell you, sure, I don't know. Because so many times I was clueless. I mean, I would have this feeling. I would have this calling. I go, oh, I'll write a book. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know how to sell a book. Oh, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll create a workshop. I didn't know how to do that. You know, I mean, but but there was something And I think this is what was innate. There was something in me that said, there's a way. The business strategists in life probably would have said, girl, you do not know what you are doing. You probably (laughs) should do something else. Because it it was irrational sometimes. It was erratic. But I really listened to my intuitive knowing. If if there was, if I was open and my body was open, it was like, oh. There's a delivery system here. All I have to do is move. Delivery system. Talk about that. Well, if if there's a dream, then there's a way for it to be fulfilled. There's a way for for it to be expressed or delivered in the world. And it looks different for many of us. Mm. but, but, But I don't believe something would be implanted in you and and be so igniting within you if there wasn't a way for it to be expressed because because the other thought is well then how crazy is the universe i'll just give you all these dreams and then you don't get to do anything that that doesn't make any sense to me because the mm-hmm. universe is creative and and it's evolutionary and i'm a part of this universe so 
why not? Why am I not the same? So in the book, um, you talk about people having signature moments. What are two of the most significant signature moments for you? Well, one was um, meeting my ex-husband, which would be, you know, the final two by four in relationship change for me. But it was also the pathway for me to become a mother because I adopted both of my children from situations that, that were detrimental, to say the least. And so... What he was for me was he was a learning about my own relationship challenges and choices, but he also was the portal for me to become a mother to two Mm. people that are great teachers for me. And I am so grateful to be their mother, to be the grandmother of their children. I mean, definitely a signature moment, definitely. And the other was... um, Seven and a half years ago, in my meditations, I kept being told to get an office and move away. I, you know, I was an associate minister at one of the largest new thought communities in the world, Mile High Church in Denver. And I was visible and successful and, and everything in me was telling me to leave. And I'm like, this is crazy. This, but it wouldn't leave me alone. And so I, I finally went into the senior minister and I said, okay, I need an exit strategy. So he starts questioning, are you starting a church? No. Are you going to a church? No. What are you doing? I don't know. And he said, you know, this does sound a little crazy. I said, I know, but if I do not do this, I will shrivel. Mm. And so I left and I didn't have a plan. I didn't have clients. You know, I, I I didn't know what I was doing. I um, I contacted Lisa Nichols and said, can I go to your global leadership program so I can figure out how to run a business, which meant taking money out of my savings, which made no sense. But it was a life changer because it was something, it was like it changed my trajectory about what I was to do and how I was to do it and how I was to express remember that time in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I remember that. Um, and I remember that um, we were, we actually were traveling with um, colleagues, a network of transformational leaders that we um, are part of. And we were sitting in Croatia mm-hmm. and um, having cappuccino and um, talking about the hearing you say, I don't know what's next. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling at that moment um, that it didn't matter. You know, sometimes when I hear people say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, you know, I don't know what's next. Um, there is something in them that is so desperate Mm -hmm. that was not in you at all it was curiosity 
It was a little bit of fear, which I think is healthy. Um, it was um, this sense of, I'm trying to figure it out. You were giving yourself space. And I really felt that you were giving yourself space. And I know that for most people, that's a tough thing to do because we are a doing society. Mm-hmm. You know, what have you done for me lately? Who are you now? What box can I put you in, in terms of your um, contribution to society, which typically in our society around the world, it's the job, right? <laughs> What's the job? And giving yourself space or taking a pause as you name it in the book um, is something that um, I think takes courage, right? It takes courage. It took courage for you to say to the pastor at Mile High in Denver, um, I don't know what's next. I'm just stopping this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm leaving my role here at the um, New Thought. And it, it, I don't know how somebody builds that courage muscle to do that. Uh, let me tell you, angels, because I'm going to tell you, you were one of those angels because we were not going to go to Croatia because I had just left my job. And you walked up to me and said, are you coming to Croatia? And I was like, no. And you said, okay. And you walked away. Then you came back. You said, are you going to Croatia? And I said, <laughs> no. And you said, okay. And I told you all these things and you walked away. But the third time you came back and I went into this dramatic story, you said, Cynthia, this is not the time to pull back. I'm very clear that that was an angelic moment, an angel on earth moment. And I feel like if you pay attention, those messages will come through people. They'll come through emails. They'll come through text. They will come saying, pay attention because that, I mean, that phrase stayed with me for a very long time. This is not the moment to pull back. Mm, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that moment. And as a result, it was a fabulous trip. We had a great time. <laughs> We're traveling up and down the coast of Croatia with um, 25 of our friends. And yeah, it was beautiful. Um, so well, let's let's talk a little bit about that trip, and only in the in the sense of when that trip ended. Mm-hmm. What um, was different in you? You know, this is very interesting because I, when I look at my life, and you can see it in the book, I've always been visible on a certain level, even though there was a little voice in me that kept saying, you do not belong. You really don't belong. I mean, you fool the people, <laughs> but you really don't belong. And, and to be on that ship with people, many that I admire, that inspire me, and to be treated as a colleague, all of a sudden it was like, whoa, what if I really do belong? And if I do belong, what does that mean for my life, for the rest of my life? If I'm in the last trimester of my life, 
what does that mean if I belong? And so I still didn't know what I was going to do, but there was this energy in me, this vibration that was saying, take a risk, take a leap, jump, go. And you did. (laughs) You did. And today your business is very different. Mm-hmm. Your business is very, very different. Um, and I, my sense is that your business is different um, from the way people would see it from the outside. But I bet it's different from the way you experience it from the inside. Oh, about yeah. That. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> well, here's the thing, too. Um, I'm grateful for the leadership program I went through because I learned about my relationship to money. I learned about businesses and I learned about business models and stuff. But I also was very clear that I had to listen to my intuitive knowing, even even if it felt counterproductive to what people were telling me was what I was Mm. supposed to do. Mm. And so, so my coaching business today, I do some one-on-one things. I do small to mid-size corporations. I do leaders. I do their staffs. You know, um, when COVID hit, I had to shut down my in-person office because nobody was going out. And and so everything became virtual. Uh, So all of my clients are virtual, which freed me up and allowed me to be at home and allowed me to hike and do all kinds of things because of where I live during this time. But it also said to me, it was a time of reflection. And it said, you know, what if you trust the divine? What, what if you trust the universe that whatever you are here to do, the way you are here to do it will be revealed and all you have to do is say yes and follow. That has been so freeing for me that I, it's like, of course I'll make money doing things because I'm doing what I love and I'm being guided. Of course, the right people will come to me. Of course, the correct inv- invitations will come because, because if, there's a, if the universe is a big yes and I'm a yes in the universe, they have to coincide. So I can just exhale and listen and follow. You know, um, what I have observed in you in the last couple of years is not only a, um, a different presence, you know, there's a, um, it's almost as if you're allowing your strengths to be seen without fear. Mm-hmm. You are allowing your presence to be grounded um, without a sense of, um, as if you are imposing yourself on somebody, you know, I mean, a lot of people don't allow themselves to ground because they're afraid that they'll be too big for people. Right. Um, Your sense of presence is also what I've noticed it's in motion. (laughs) So I really feel your spirit in motion. I feel you I feel your movement in the world, in the ethers. It comes through. Mm. And so, you know, I mean, we are all energy. And, um, you know, 
as much as we would like to say, oh, you know, people don't know what's going on with me. I just, I'm good at hiding it. Well, yes. And people feel things, right? Yes, we, em- we emanate things, right? Um, you know, moving from a place where you needed to squelch your voice in order to be safe mm-hmm. to where you are today, um, you know, and getting there, um, taking some pauses, taking risks, and then pauses. And and I love, I love one of the quotes from the book, um, when you were determined to take a pause, and that was around relationships. And it was, I was clear that I was the common denominator in all my failed relationships. I laughed out loud. I was like, oh my God. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly, so many people need to hear this. <laughs> it was great. It's so captured it, right? And so you heard that, you listened to yourself. And then now today, here you are strong and grounded and clear and an invitation. You are an invitation for people into their own greatness. And you do it in such a way that um, you're not threatening. It's not as if, um, you know, there are people in this field who, whose business is to help people grow and expand and find their passion, et cetera. And it's almost as if they have real strong judgment about someone if they can't move, don't move fast enough. Um, There's just a sense of you're not enough if you don't do it a certain way. What I see in you, and a few years ago when you were coaching me, what I felt from you is that we're going to hold that brilliance until it's ready to shine, until it feels safe to be seen. And I I experienced complete and total, um, like this envelopment, like a womb, you know? And, um, And there was one weekend that I spent with you and, and also with your husband, Carl, who did some photography, which is a whole other conversation. He did beautiful photos and I hate having my picture taken and somehow he managed to get it through. And, like, you know, and it's all a process. You know, by, the, by the end of the, um, our days together, um, I was willing to be seen. And, um, and you were like the shepherd. You were the shepherd moving me through that. And I know there are thousands of people who have experienced this in you in one way or the other. What is it that you would say to people today to encourage them to um, just imagine that something is possible in their life? So here's the thing, no matter what you've experienced, no matter where you are in the moment, within you 
is this seed of power and brilliance and magnificence that cannot be denied. And however long it takes and whatever you have to go through to get that to blossom, you do it. And you find people and spaces and things that will support you and hold you until you're ready. Hmm, that's beautiful. So I know that you um, have just recently recorded music CD. Um, yay, yes. So tell us a little bit about this. And um, I, I actually do want you to sing a little bit of it. So it's called Chosen. And it's really interesting because I wrote the book before it even dropped in that I was to do a CD. And to do um, this CD and to meet the Brothers Corin and to, yeah. I mean, I've written music before, but this opened up a whole nother field of okay. creativity that I hadn't experienced. And what I realized as I'm finishing and writing this, this CD is that it parallels the book, that what the songs are really my journey of evolution and, and expansion. So it's called Chosen and I, it's very jazzy. And when I was a kid, I loved listening to jazz singers, you know? And then when I was growing up, I was like, okay, well, who am I? And I was trying to be this person and that person instead of going back to that thing that ignited me in the first place. So it's, it's called Chosen. So I'll sing one little bit of it. Okay. Okay. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the pain, I'm here to live a life of love. I got everything to gain. I was born to be a winner. I was born to be free. I was born to be the answer by really being me. I love that. Yay. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I can't wait to hear that, hear more from that CD. And so tell us when the book is going to be uh, released. Um, the book will be released in September. It'll go into pre-sales in July and the CD um, is going into pre-sales in June. So it'll be, it'll be out. It'll be out in, in June. Oh, wonderful. Cynthia James, author of Does My Voice Matter? A Journey of Self-Discovery, Authenticity, and Empowerment, and the singer-songwriter for the CD, mythical CD, Tozen. Thank you so much for being with us today, Cynthia. It's always a brilliant moment for me to have you here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. I love what you do. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. I'm Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.